Something something, F1 teams are scared of Andretti taking their money, and here's why. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Good news, everybody. It's Mexico City, and Porsche's eating good at the table again. Hey, folks, it's episode 415 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. Glad you could join us as ever. And yeah, Formula E is back on the way for 2023 on this one. And whew, this was an interesting one. Like I have to say, this was this was fascinating in, in to, to talk about. And we had a lot of back and forth. We had a lot of the usual frills and spills of FE, and there was a lot of hype that got, I think, demystified over the course of the race. But uh, we'll get the thoughts of our esteemed panel as ever. First up, Mr. Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. Um, you know, exactly as we predicted on the show, DS power. Oh, oh, no, mm. that's not what happened. Um, I'm not going to say I'm mad at how things turned out. I'm just confused. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. A little bit happy. Mm. Porsche one, two, four in Mexico. Can't wait for this to be our, the, the only good performance for Porsche all year. Just like last season. I love that Cam's already down in his own chances. That's that is quite funny. I'm just confused, man. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I'm as, I, are you more confused as when uh, that Porsche teased that cryptic announcement and that big brain from Reddit was like, "Holy shit! I found a still photo that looks just like Frank Williams with his headphones on. This means they're going to announce." And no, they're just consolidating all their Instagram accounts into one motorsport account. Well, you see, RJ, I was very split on that because I saw that and just like, man, don't make me root for Williams. Don't bring that pain to my house. No no one out here really wants to root for Williams. Come on now. Do, do you want, would you rather root for Williams or footwork? Footwork, mm. man. Mm. Um, I'd rather root for McLaren. Yeah. I'm first. God, that that would be a first. That's RJ O'Connell, by the way. Uh, how's it going, RJ? Uh, stressful NBA playoffs. Uh, not even once. Uh, I've I've got to I've got to have like some high cardio activities just to bring my heart rate down. Like what? Swimming? Uh, yes, swimming. Uh, uh heavy treadmill work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, bicycles. Uh, vaping on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, that works. That 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 certainly works. I don't vape, by the way. It's, it's a bad. It's a bad habit to get into. I don't judge you if you do, but I, I it's, oh, yeah. personally, it's not for me. Anyway, what were you going to talk about on the show? Yeah, we're going to talk about Formula E in Mexico City, and uh, yeah, first Formula E race of the year, and uh, oh man, Jake Dennis bent the field over his knee, um, an absolute beating by the uh, lanky Brit as uh, Porsche took a one-two finish of a very different kind this time round. Because uh, hey, that's Pascal Verline again. Good to see you, Pascal. He was second as well. We'll talk a little bit about the first Gen Three race as a whole, the action, the cars, some of the changes. And hey, some of the drivers as well. And we got we got we got some news about Formula E as well. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a very fun guest driver take part in Formula E in a in a in a week and a half's time in Riada. But uh, more on that in a bit. Places you can find us in the meantime. You can you can follow us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/sport101. We're on Facebook.com 
forward slash motorsport 101 we're on twitter at motorsport underscore 101 for our personal handles you can at rj o'connell at cbuckby917 and at dre underscore wtf1 some other gig um you can check out on our website motorsport101.com and if you really like us you can back us financially on patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 um so without further ado let's get into formula e in mexico city These aren't quite the hot takes that you'll see every Wednesday on Hot Takes Wednesday at the WTF1 <laughs> official Twitch.tv <laughs> channel. But I think we're going to have some hot takes when talking about this Mexico City review because there are no struggles needed here. Jake Dennis dominated the first E-Prix of the Gen 3 era with a win by 7.2 seconds over Porsche factory driver Pascal Verline. And this was with three different safety car interventions at the halfway mark. It was the biggest margin of victory in the series for five years, and Dennis's fifth straight finish of fourth or better going back to the previous season. Dennis and Verline would be joined on the podium by Lucas Degrassi, qualified on pole position, and held off Andre Lauder and rookie Jake Hughes over the course of the final laps. Dre, what'd you make of this first race of this brand new and intrepid era of Formula E racing? It was fine. Um, <laughs> uh, that that's basically how I've got it summed up. It was acceptable. Um, look, I I thought it was a fine race. I I, I don't think this ever got into top tier formidary racing quality here. Um, they tried with Mexico a little bit. Um, getting rid of the first chicane ultimately didn't actually do much in the end. Um, this played out a lot like the Gen 2 era, as far as I was concerned. Um, it was scrappy. There was some dodgy reliability. First race of a new era always does. We had Sam Bird's drivetrain fail. We had a, also we had a couple of other uh, weird racing incidents. We had um, Robin Frein's drive over the back of uh, Norman Nato's Nissan, which broke his wrist in two places. Uh, which is nasty. More about that towards the end of the show. But uh, And we mm. had Adora Motara, who was one of the mm. elite runners in the field, um, also just spin of his own volition. Very strange stuff. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a decent race. I don't think it was anything massively special. Um, I, I love that like you you listen like to Jack Nichols on commentary, and he was going crazy over the start, a start of which everybody in the top seven sitting in the exact same position, which I thought was just funny more than anything else. But um, it's it's hard not to talk about this race and talk about Jake Dennis completely crushing the field. They And like I said, there was, we had a safety car at halfway, essentially. And despite only having basically a little over 60% of the race to play with, um, he was seven seconds ahead of the field. He completely destroyed it for everybody. That just doesn't happen in Formula E like that very often. It was the biggest win for five years, the 10th biggest margin of victory in Formula E history in its you know eight-plus-year span. And you forget how strong he finished last year at as well. It was this, this race was his fifth straight finish in the top four or better. Like, Andretti has got something here, and I, I think they might have a bit more in the tank with the Porsche powertrain than we thought they had going into the year. Because I didn't see people talk about Andretti amongst the higher end, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, Dre, they were one of the slowest teams in preseason testing. Right. They clearly um, don't bring any value to international motorsport, quite frankly. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna have fun yeah. playing this game of moving the goalpost of what we perceive Andretti Autosport to be, because it's fun to also say F1 teams shouldn't be scared of them. This is a team that was openly having their IndyCar drivers infighting on the track, whose weakest links can't beat the worst links from a team who prepares their cars out of a shed near Chicago. And then you get a performance like this, and it's just like, well, clearly this is why the F1 constructors in the midfield are all scared of them taking their money, and that's why they don't want to let them in. Just because I understand how something works doesn't mean I have to like or respect it. Phenomenal drive from Jake Dennis, by the way. If not for those safety cars, he wins by double-digit seconds easily. How about Pascal Verline? All Mm. he did for like the last couple of years is tell him, pass some freaking cars. And boy, did he couple of really great passes to get up and uh really leverages attack modes or uh what are they called now the uh, the funny thing is the broadcast still calls them attack modes exactly but i know they're not called that anymore and i've forgotten what they're actually called yeah, it's, it's... so i'm just gonna call them attack modes and uh i will not change I will not try to be better. I will not deviate, etc. <laughs> um, but use them really well to get up through the field because the works Porsches really didn't have a great qualifying. And uh, yeah, just cut his way up through the field. And then by the end of the race, it was Dennis pulling away from Verline, who was pulling away from everyone else. Once again, Porsche with the patented Red Bull high altitude supremacy. Um yes. And Pascal does love it here. He's like, I think it's like the yeah. third time he's finished second here. <gasps> He should have won that one race. Oh, oh. Lucas Degrassi. Lucas Degrassi. Uh, surprise pole sitter, Lucas Degrassi. Um, end of the oh. race really was just kind of a cork in the bottle for everyone else. Yeah. No one was fast enough to really pass him, and that was, well, that's just kind of typical of this track, regardless of what series you bring around here. The dirty air is so bad that even these cars, which make about as much downforce as an upside-down paper airplane, they just, they just don't race that well up here. No, and I think that showed as the race went on. It got scrappy. It got very typical Formula E, where there's a bunch of cars, you know, hovering around each other, but no one can break the stalemate. It's, it's, it, it it's a very classic Formula E staple problem, and this was no different. Um, as far as I can say, I mean, don't th- get me wrong, Degrassi drove very well for what it's worth, and I don't think anybody was giving Mahindra a prayer over the course um, of the weekend. Um, so- I-, I didn't get to watch qualifying. I saw Mahindra on pole and practically spat out my drink at work. Yeah, yeah. You spat out your drink because Oliver Rowland qualified last. Yeah. yeah. Rowland binned it and qualified last. Degrassi basically had both avalanches choke in the semi and final of the duels and ended up with Degrassi having easy rides into to pole position and three extra points. Um, so, yeah, like Avalanche shit the bed and we thought, oh no, it's happening again at Andretti. They're going to bottle it. They're going to blow this again. And nope, Jake Dennis just completely dominates the race. <laughs> As you Normal but, one. But that's still a very strong third place for Lucas Degrassi and the Mahindra team in general. And there were some good names behind him as well. We had obviously Andre Lotterer, Jake Hughes, Sebastian Bremi was up there as well. Good to see him back up there. Andre Lotterer was only like being mildly uh, a mild terrorist around other cars. I mean, just, that, enough that, just enough to get the point across, but not enough to cause, you know, multi-car pileups. 
It's Ooh. wild when the when the lowest ranked driver that has Porsche powertrains is the only one of them that's won a series championship, and that's Antonio Felix da Costa. Newly mm. minted uh, LMDH driver, Antonio Felix da Costa, going to be racing for a team sponsored by Tom Brady of all people. Well, Brady yeah. brand, but... Yeah, going to be in the Jota uh, Porsche 963 there, so Porsche mm. all around for him. Kind of a Kind of an anonymous weekend, not bad, just not really a lot to talk about with him. Yeah. Just, just sort of there, really. And yeah, that's how I describe this race. It's like there's, there's something there, but I need to see more. I don't yes. think this was conclusive. Uh, no. Attack charge. That's what they're calling it now. Is attack yeah. charge. Attack didn't charge. Seem, didn't really seem to do all that much, but that seems like a Mexico City thing more than anything. Yeah. Turbulent air is more of a problem thin air than it is in thick soupy air. I need to see more. Yeah, it's like it's it's a, it's a tack, it's attack charge validation, but they still call it attack mode on the broadcast, which is if it's good weird. enough for the broadcast, it's good enough for me. Yeah, weird weird, weird times up in here, um, but yeah, like they they changed the name, but it's still it's still very similar to uh, to what it was before, which segues us nicely into some of the changes in general that we get to focus on a bit now. I mean, the big ones to me that stood out: uh, Hankook's new tires. Um, the attack mode tweaks, um, and the presentation more than anything else. I mean, what did you guys make of that? I'm watching it. When uh, I when I think of Hankook's uh, Formula E tire supply, and this is a company that is making inroads into a lot of big names in international motorsport, but when I think of their Ion Formula E tires, I'm reminded of uh, the words of Bob Seeger and a song that was featured very prominently in Chevrolet advertising during my childhood, <laughs> Like a Rock, oh, Like a Rock, which may have had more grip than these tires. It's wild. These cars have so much more horsepower. They're lighter, and they're six seconds a lap slower. And yes, this is with a caveat that the track's modified, but still, that's weird. <laughs> it is a bit weird. And these tires, though, hmm. I, um, I, har- harder than trying to work up the courage to ask your crush out on a date. <laughs> these tires were practically indestructible. They, la- I mean, that's what the FIA wanted. They wanted yeah. a tire that, you know, they would use less of them over the course of the weekend. But good God, there, there was no tire where you could not fire them up. And yeah, these cars, like you could see them just snaking around at low speeds. They just don't have the mechanical grip. Yeah, you just it was impossible to get heat into them. We saw huge burnout attempts on practice starts and the actual race start itself, trying to get any sort of heat into them, and it just wasn't happening. Like I know they've turned the tire blanket temperature down. I think it's only fifty degrees now in Formula E, which is nothing for tires. In, in oh, Formula for e. for racing tires, that's well it's an iceberg. Yeah, yeah. Go, go play OG Assetto Corsa for a little while. Put the tire temperature meter up on there. Try and attack a corner with fifty degrees of tire temp. Not That's fifty much. degrees Celsius, uh, not fifty degrees yes. Fahrenheit. Don't 50, worry, they're 50 not. They're not that masochistic. <laughs> Although yeah. that would be funny. <laughs> yeah, that would be something. But it would uh, be shambolic, but it would also be a little bit funny. It would be a little bit funny. Yeah, the because it. It's hard to say for sure because the, the the layout of the track was different compared to the last time we raced in Mexico because they moved the chicane around. But 
it's visually clear that these cars are nowhere near the jump that the series was predicting it was going to be going into Gen 3. The, the mm-hmm. talk was going into this race that there was going to be maybe a four to five second a lap increase. That clearly has not happened. Um, even if you ignore the moved chicane of Mexico, these guys, these cars look physically slower to watch going around corners because of these tires. The speed is certainly there in the straights, but around the twisty parts, it's still not enough of a differential to force passing, and it's 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 tricky out there. It's 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 not ideal. Um, it's, it being so cold there this weekend didn't help in general. No. Yeah, it was six, six degrees during the race, air and track temperature freezing in Mexico. Yeah, this it weekend. really amplified the issue. It was always going to be an issue, mm. but it's significantly amplified by the lower temperatures. We probably need it. We need a bigger uh, sample size, I would say, to really judge these tires. Um, this track's kind of an outlier anyway, mm-hmm. but not a great first impression. No. While we're on the subject of uh, the negging Formula E train, uh, let's talk about the new graphics because, like, there's mm. there's good ideas with these new graphics. I don't hate them. I, I don't hate the live, laugh, love Eurovision aesthetic as much uh, now. If anything, it's it become clear that the new E logo is just for really sick uh, camera transitions. Oh, yeah. I like that. But, bro, you're, during the qualifying duels in particular, they could not get this to work. Everybody thought Dan Tickham won his first round qualifying duel against Jake Hughes, when in reality, Hughes had gone quicker. And that was just like a common theme throughout the duel stages. Like, these graphics are just busted. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, while watching the, uh, I, I believe, practice one, um, I was in a Discord call with Ron, Ryan Eric King. Remember him? Mm. Mm. Right. Um, work at jalopnik.com, Ryan Erking. Yeah, please do. It's very good. Well, he had mentioned that, uh, yeah, that exact, like, font package he had debated during the Our Last rebrand about using that and then realized it was completely illegible. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Formula E got our sloppy seconds. Who would have ever guessed? <laughs> Much like the most of their driver lineups. Oh. Well... Yeah, it, it's not awful. I've seen worse. I've seen the mid-2000s NASCAR graphic packages, which were just completely unwatchable on a, you know, barely functioning Sony Trinitron. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 you can't help but feel like it was a step backwards. It's just as far as watchability compared to the old package. At least that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, the jewels were a mess. Um, like I said, there was there was glitches on the timing tower all the way through. Jack Nichols and and Oliver Askew was in the commentary box this weekend. Who did a solid job, I must say. Um, out there, just like they had the correct times and their and, and their timing towers and whatnot. Um, we clearly didn't um, on screen, which made that confusing to watch. And they had to take it down multiple times. Race itself wasn't so bad. Um, I can understand the the text complaint certainly because that I mean the text and the backdrop were not a good mix. The text Dude, the, the logos that they have on the timing tower are completely illegible. Yeah, they're so they're, they're tiny. They, they, so it just small. doesn't work. Yeah, it, it just it just doesn't work at all. Um, that doesn't that doesn't help at all. Um, and then 
they couldn't seem to decide what they wanted to focus in on. Like, like one, like I know at this point they have a bit of spoiler looks now, where it's like they want they don't want to tell you the battery life until at least halfway through, which is understandable. But then you're juggling that, you're juggling how much attack mode each team has after whether they're in attack mode or not. You're juggling the time differences between cars, even though we can see it on camera half the time. And then they're juggling battery life in the second half of the race. And then at the end, we got this weird timing tower situation where they're comparing battery life against each other in real time. And that's that would be very confusing to a first time viewer. Um, and it just wasn't an I, I mean, they wanted to copy the MotoGP look of having like the big face and and you know top three positions and all of that sorted and all. Like, and that's always good. Anything you can sure. rip off of MotoGP's graphics department is always good. Not a lot of yeah, people pull it off correctly, but they're the best in the business at doing it. Sure, sure. Uh, so I, I understand that, but it was just it was very confusing. It wasn't a great look. It was a bit all over the place, and it just didn't come off as well as I think it could have done on TV. And that's I, and that's my that's my personal. I can opinion. agree with it. Before we move on with this segment, I also want to close with the funniest graphical glitch that had nothing to do on the TV. Uh, sure. On the podium, uh, they bring up the digital flags for the top three finishers. You've got the German flag for Verline, the Brazilian flag for Degrassi, <laughs> and then Jake Dennis. Uh, they bring up the Union Jack, but it's not the current one. It's the uh, it's a historic Union Jack of the of the Kingdom of Great Britain used in the 18th century that incorporates uh, it incorporates what is now England and Scotland and Wales. But do you know what's missing? Are the uh, the di- the diagonal red stripes to indicate Northern Ireland? And I think it's just funny that with the recent headlines of. F- the FIA trying to be as apolitical and no political stance allowed, no politics, please, woo. And here, Formula E has accidentally gone out and said 20 sits and sits. Uh. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, they got that one a bit wrong. <laughs> I just, just thought that was funny. Not as funny as, as the bear tweet from last year. <laughs> But that St. <laughs> Patrick's Day celebrations with an with an orange uh, Protestant river running through Chicago. Oh, oh dear! Yeah, that was that. Was, uh, there uh, is sh- far too much for me to unpack in that statement. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that is one way of looking at it, and yeah, like I think a lot of it. I mean, I mentioned I got I was going to mention attack mode a little bit here as well, and just mention that yeah, four minutes. I don't think the attack mode made enough of a difference in this race. Again, don't know how much of this is, is Mexico exclusive problems and how much of it is just the format in general. Because I'm largely fine with the four minute attack mode and the two forced stints and the, you know, I agree. I, I think it adds a legitimate dynamic to how you're actually going to approach your race yes. and how you need to balance using that extra pace with how much time you're going to lose with, um, you know, where you are relative to the drivers around you and where their attack modes are. I think the format itself is, honestly, I think it's the best they've had. Mm. I am, the new chicane really did not do much for us here. No, it, it really didn't. Like, it, it, it just mm. took away one of the passing opportunities that you could have had. Like, we, we had like one overtake into the chicane, or I think it was when Pascal 
beat um overtook Lucas Degrassi and that was about it um in that chicane like like I know Lotterer tried a couple of times just couldn't do it especially from that far back so yeah um not ideal um I think they could have done better on that one at least in my opinion but uh it wasn't dreadful by any stretch of the imagination but uh let's get into some of the uh, drive performances as well I mean who stood out to you guys driver-wise? Because we had a, a, a bunch of guys stand out on this one, first time of asking as well. There's but... one that really sticks out, and Dre, I'm just going to lay this one up so you can just tee it and hit it out of the park like this dude did. Mm. Is, is, are, we, are we talking about a McLaren driver? Oh, uh, yeah. We're talking about a McLaren driver who was stuck in Formula 3 and Formula 2 purgatory for what seemed like 27 years. Mm. It did. JQs. Jake Hughes, uh, that that was a really really good first Formula E race for Jake Hughes. Um, very very impressive. He ran with that leading group all the way through until Dennis ripped 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 away from it. But um, Dennis was right there, dicing with Degrassi, Lotterer, Buemi, guys who have got so much more experience of racing in this category. And I, I think this is a series where where experience matters a lot more than most, given how complicated this series can be. Hugh's first time of asking comes in and gets in the top five straight away. And this is the hope that I think a lot of people had in McLaren going forward. I mean, we were probably just expecting it from the other driver, and that was Rene Rast. But Hughes has stepped up massively. Whole weekend, he won. Like we had a couple of people that in our Discord server who were adamant that he was going to end up qualifying on pole. He, that didn't quite happen for Hughes in the end, but he was up there, top five pace all race long, all weekend long. Really impressive showing from Jake Hughes all weekend on that one. He was marvelous this weekend. Good weekend for the Jakes. Yes, most certainly. It was a, it's a it's a good weekend to be a Jake. It was, oh, it was a it was a grand old Jake off. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> RJ O'Connell, everybody. Hey. Sasha Fenestraz uh, made it to the duels. Another rookie that made it to the duels, and that's great for him in his first Formula E start. Mm. And then he had some of the worst uh, energy management at Regen because that's really hard to do if you're a Formula E rookie, unless you're Jake Hughes. Oh. Uh, uh, I, I, as an aside, um, just going back and uh, going through our preseason picks in the last episode uh, with our friend S. Garlic, um, all of our preseason championship picks uh, that would be Maserati, DS Penske, Jaguar, uh, Mitch, Bra, Eduardo Martara, Matsy Gunther, and uh, Stoffel Van Dorn and Jean-Eric Verne, I believe. Anyway, they all combined for a grand total of five points and a best finish of eighth you're batting the closest on this but you're not batting 100 uh yeah i'm well below the mendoza line on this one um but still the best out of all of us here so suck it nerds um (laughs) is what i would say like i will make the most like i am british i will make the most of a bad day because that's what we do in this country We're, we're eternal optimists um but my god um oof not ideal, to say the least. Uh, all our picks were shit for the most part. And, uh, yeah, a lot of the big names were in the midfield. DS Penske, pretty mid all weekend long. Like, you know, did, just didn't have ultimate pace. All I mean, Jay Penske wanted was to earn his father's love through success. And while this is mm-hmm. only one weekend and I don't want to overreact, 
what the hell happened? What the hell happened with all the DS power trains? Well, mm. uh, the one I'm really shocked at is Martara because he has been yeah. just a, a bastion of consistency ever since he came into this and he just dumped it all on his own. So, I mean, my pick is winning the teammate battle, but not on pace alone. Mm, mm, definitely. Um, yeah, Ooh. like that that was a bit of a surprise. Um, Maserati in general. Yeah, like I said, Martara was down the road. Again, didn't look particularly fast. Neither Maserati made the duels. Um, so yeah, all the people talking about how DS powertrains were the favorites going in. Well, we didn't see it here. Certainly shout out to Neo. I want to give a mention to as well, because, um, they, they had some pace. Dan Tictum making the, I think it was the semi-final of the duels as well. And then Dan Tictum made the quarterfinals of the duels. He got knocked out and then he took two separate penalties during the race itself. Ugh. Dan, he yeah, he was caught overpowering on a safety car restart and then got done for 10 seconds for track extending after he was sent to the back of the field post drive through penalty. Like, Dan, what are you doing, man? It was, it's, he it's, wasn't last. Like, he was last. Like, that was nailed on. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he, he made sure. He doubled down on it. He, he made absolutely sure he was the last man over the line here. Um, which, again, it's a shame because the Neo looked quick. Like, they, they had genuine pace. Surprisingly and, so. Yeah, Sergio Sete Camera. It's a shame his regen just kind of faded towards the end of the race because uh. Sete Camera was hovering around the points for a good while there. Just didn't quite have the regen when it mattered most to get it to, um, to, to, to be up there and, and with, with the points payers. But uh, a solid weekend from Neo. I think they can take a lot of promise out of that weekend, certainly. I think that's we can what we talked about early on. We're like, yeah. th- them getting, they need to get the results early on. Mm, mm, definitely. While, while teams are getting used to these new regulations. Yeah. To wrap um, things up. Yeah, mm. I don't think anybody had a worse weekend, though, than Robin Friends, who, because no, nobody else ended the weekend with progress. No. Yeah, get well soon, Robin. Yeah, that was an unfortunate incident. He drove over the back of Norman Nato's car, ended up in the wall, cracked his wrist in two places, had to go to hospital pretty much immediately to get it fixed. Um, thankfully, he's okay. Just obviously, he's likely to miss... Uh, Riyadh next weekend, but they've brought in a pretty big name replacement in that seat. Kelvin Vanderlinder will be uh, cashing in his money oh in my. the bank briefcase and uh, taking the reins at uh, at that Cupra next weekend in Riyadh. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, what do you guys make of that one? KVDL in in I, Formula E. Did, I seem to remember. Did he not do the Formula E lockdown era esports series that Daniel Lapp got himself in trouble in, mm. and that wasn't even like among like the top five dumbest things people did during lockdown, or even the top five hundred? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kelvin Vanderlyn is a great driver. If you only know him as the main character for that ugly DTM title finish a few years ago. Uh, please readjust your parameters. The, the only reason he is in sports cars and not in a big-time single-seater career is not from a lack of talent. He is extraordinarily good. If Audi did go through with their plans to build a, uh, a next-generation top-line prototype, he would be in one of those cars. This is a great opportunity for him, and I hope he succeeds at it. Yeah, what do you reckon, Gam? Uh, really can't add any more to that. I mean, Kelvin is his reputation is above reproach from everything we've seen in sports cars. But as we've also seen, 
this is not sports cars. And mm. we're just going to have to see how he gets on in this format because FE is hard to get used to. It is indeed. It Unless is you're indeed. JQs. Unless you're, Unless you're JQs in which you were just, you were born to save electricity. Yeah. It was just, it was just made to race Lucas Degrassi hard and finish just behind him. Yeah, as you do. Um, yeah, so great to see Caven Ka- Van in the back in there for, uh, for for next weekend. Good to see how he gets on. So looking forward to that one. A um, couple of things before we get out of town real quick. First and foremost... We're doing a Rolex special next week, so that should be fun for, for the Rolex 24. Um, so if you're into your sports cars, you got your wish. You're getting a Rolex preview. You're all welcome, everybody. So, so that'll be fun. Cam right now is beaming from ear to ear. Porsche win and a sports car dedicated podcast. He's the happiest man in the world right now. I'd be happier <laughs> if I was going to the damn race, but Ugh. maybe another year. <laughs> Next time, next time. I will um, have I will have extra fun for everybody that couldn't be here with me. Yes, sir. I'm that, just I'm just sad I won't be there to shoot out the BMW's tires. No, can't have that. Also, I want to say uh, emotionally, real quick, a a very speedy get well soon to friend of the show Jenny Gao, who had a, ho- a horrible news last week came out she had a stroke um jenny's a good friend of mine she's a big fan of the show um a lot of the opportunities that have come our way as a network have come as a result of jenny noticing our work um over there at the bbc and um one of the sweetest people you will ever get to know as well so and we all know any everyone knows how horrible strokes can be um so from all of us here at m101 get well soon jenny hope to see you back in the paddock soon and best wishes to you and the partner and the whole family of course um yeah horrible news to hear about that so obviously best wishes to jen and the fam um we'll be back next week for a rolex preview formula e is back in a couple of weeks time at Riyadh in saudi arabia how favorite sports washing country um that'll be fun as ever but places you can catch us in the meantime we're on youtube.com forward slash most sport 101 facebook.com same slash line at dre the underscore wtf1 at c buckley 917 at rj o'connell um and at motorsport underscore 101 for the m101 podcast twitter um our website motorsport101.com with all of our content on there and if you really like us you can back us financially on patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 five bucks get you early access to all of these shows um right before they go live to the public as well as a supporters club you can get access to our discord discord server on there as well as you can see these shows live as it happens much appreciate jason for in there as, as ever right we'll be back next week to preview the, the 24 hours of daytona until then i'm Andre harrison they've been cam buckley and rj o'connell sayonara later y'all Please enjoy this upcoming sports car centric podcast. <laughs>